Fit for Life Radio, episode number 123. You're going to need to start doing them in Spanish. Mm-mm. That's my expectation from now on. They say the best way to learn is to speak. We just slowly transition to a an all-Spanish podcast. <laughs> so that I can learn Spanish. Uh, one day. Mm-hmm. I tell myself lies about how good I am at Spanish. It's not your strong suit. Speaking of which, speaking of telling lies, <laughs> I set that one up. If you, didn't, if you didn't notice, we are talking about today the lies we tell ourselves. The little lies. When it comes to our exercise and eating, really anything. Just every our whole lives. We like to tell lies to ourselves. But... It's also shifts blame, you know? Yeah. On the surface, if we can kind of give ourselves an oftentimes valid, somewhat valid or feels valid excuses. Um, But really, you go back a a couple episodes, you'll hear where we talk about priorities. And that's really what everything comes down to. Um, So, yeah, we're going to dig in today with common lies that we tell ourselves and what to do instead. So I have, let me pull it up, my notes. Yeah, notes. Is your notepad on your phone full of stuff or do you delete them as you go? Delete them as I go. Do you? As I use them. So you're a psychopath. Mm -hmm. You want to know how many notes I have on my phone? Nah, man. (laughs) (laughs) That'll keep me up at night. So I'm the person who like I'll leave like 10 unread messages on Instagram and mm-hmm. it doesn't even bother me. But I checked like my, my personal email, my inbox got up to like 16,000 emails. Like I haven't deleted emails since mm. 2016. I'm inbox zero. And I, I went through and deleted. I just hit delete all and <laughs> no. just got rid of all of them. It's and I feel good. Yeah. I feel good. At first I was like, well, maybe I should go through and see if I need to save them. But then I was like, I've never thought of any email I needed that bad. And I just went and deleted them all. Yeah. And I feel good. But will I keep it up? I don't know. We'll see. You just got to have an inbox zero day. Like every Friday. Yeah. You either whittle it down. You either archive it, address it, delete it. Where does the archive go? So the, Because so I've hit archive. And never really known where it, it actually well, here's, goes. And here's the benefit, and that's the way I use it is uh, really that's your – think of that as your trash and you never have to look at it again, but it's there if and you can search for something, oh. right? So, you know, if it's something you may think you need, I just do that, but then pretend it's out of my life. But the reality is if I still need like, you know, lease, Jim, lease, you yeah, know, or document. Or an invoice or uh, something. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But that's the way I look at it. I just cleaned house. All of them. But yeah, you got to get them out of that inbox. Put them somewhere. Address them. Mm. So, stop telling yourself these lies. I'll wait for the perfect time to start. That is the biggest one for a lot of stuff. 
And the reality is the perfect time won't ever come. No. And I, I think a lot of times we get this with people either starting at the gym or starting with like, you know, addressing their nutrition. Usually it's something along the lines of when my life calms down, then I will mm-hmm. start this up or then I'll focus on it. When the reality is life is always going to be crazy in some way. There's always going to be stuff going on. And two, if you only wait until things are quote unquote perfect, well, then all you're doing is kind of, I guess, drilling into your head that unless conditions are perfect, you won't be able to do this. Mm -hmm. So learning how to do it with normal life stresses is kind of the way to go. Yeah. Um, Instead of waiting for the stars to align and everything to be perfect and nothing crazy to happen that's out of your control. Like you just can't do that. And if the perfect that you're waiting for, well, maybe what you can actually, maybe that is the short-term time frame where you are able to do a lot of something. Yeah. But then the reality is now the amount you think you need to do, you actually isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. So that little two-week, four-week block where you're like, there's no birthdays and there's no extra work projects. Yeah. And I'm going to wait for them to start. But that's not your reality. Yeah. So... You're going to have to relearn how to make things work within your reality. Yeah. Which is. And then it leans into, you know, that perfect time mindset leads into the all or nothing. So then if you can't give this, maybe you have this 100% all out plan that you have planned that you need this perfect time for. So if you can only do 60% of that plan within your normal life, normal time frame, Mm -hmm you end up defaulting to, well, I'll just do nothing. Yeah, because I can't do mm-hmm. everything that I think I should be doing. Yeah. And that's like one of the m- more common ones we see too. And it's it's hard for people to do a little bit. Yeah, or they don't see the value in it. And we had a nutrition client recently who didn't continue because, and they, didn't re- they had trouble getting started because as they got started, they realized they s- – reached out and said, Hey, man, I got a lot going on right now and I can only give 50%. So I'm just going to go ahead and stop when the reality is. So, and think about that. And I get it when you start getting, you know, overwhelming feelings and all this. And yeah, now you're say trying to change your nutrition. There is going to be change. It is going to feel difficult. So that goes into two things is one. Now you're for one, you're ignoring growth mindset, right? You want to tell a 12-year-old kid not to quit, not try a new sport, you know, because he feels overwhelmed or is bad at it mm-hmm. at first. So I think that's what happens. People are just bad at it, and they're like, I can't give it my all. This is uncomfortable. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, it's right? easier to just stop. But then that means, well, if you're deciding you even have, you know, admitted to being able to do 50%, but you feel like that's enough, so you're just going to default to zero. Yeah. When the reality is, you, and you probably need coaching and accountability even more so that you can actually do this 50% in your current time, in your current life, that's when you need the accountability the most, right? If you could give 100, if you had, to, if you were in a t- if you were able to give 100%, you probably wouldn't even need the extra accountability and coaching. Yeah. So, but then the, the great thing is we can, we can make tons of progress with 50%. 50% is absolutely like good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, I think enough, or maybe some people out there that say that like good enough is like not a good mindset. I think it's a great mindset because good enough 
means that you're doing something. Yeah. And good enough is fine. And good enough is ideal for a lot of people because most people can't put 100% towards something 100% of the time. So good enough means, you know, even if it means walking every day and that's it. Like that's yeah. good enough for you versus just sitting on your couch all day, you know, or like, you know, if your expectation well, is to like walk a hundred miles, right? Across, I don't know how many days. And every day you walk half a mile, eventually you're going to get there. Right. But if you literally just don't walk any miles, you're just going to yeah. stay in the same place. So and some progress is always going to be better than nothing. Yeah. And with your analogy, the thing everyone overlooks is, but if you get started with that 50%, then what feels hard in the beginning, your 50% may even change. Right now, all of a sudden, oh, well, I actually got these down. I can actually now do a little more than I thought mm-hmm. in that same context of, oh, uh, I don't have enough time right now. Yeah. So with your analogy of that walk, well, after you walk enough, you, you might get better at walking, right? Yeah. So then you actually can walk a little faster. Mm-hmm. So even though what you thought was just a time you could only give 50%, now you establish these new habits and skills and you're able to give more. And the next thing you know, you look back six months later and you're actually doing, you're doing it. Yeah. You're, you're doing what you probably would have considered a hundred percent, but now it just still feels like 50 because you took those small steps. Yeah. And that's how a lot of things are like nutrition, like doing the, the, the hard things at first that cause change is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you get six months down the line and you don't even think about doing them. You just automatically do these habits, yeah. you know, whether it's prepping your meals or, not snacking, whatever it is, it becomes so much easier as it becomes more and more of a habit and it's not a monumental task. So it allows you to do a little bit more or, you know, allocate your focus somewhere else. So stop letting that perfect time. There is no perfect time. Don't let that mindset stop you from getting started and doing something. Do something. Do it. Then we have the, I can't do it. And much like we mentioned, fitness is not an all or nothing proposition. No. A smart start is meeting you where you are currently at and making small, sustainable progress from there. So much like we just talked about, yeah, maybe you are only at, I can only give 50% right now. Cool. That's where we'll start. And then make baby steps from there. No all or nothing. You know, no, I can't do it. And here's the problem with fitness and nutrition. When you're scrolling through your Instagram or talking to your friend, maybe who's done it for 20 years, you hear what they're currently doing. You see maybe someone who, yeah, also, you know, grows all their own food, only eats organic, you know, exercises six days a week. You don't have to do all that. No. Right. And that's like the you can exercise. The end result. Yeah. You can start with one day a week and just going grocery shopping and buying your own food. Mm-hmm. Whole like that you're going to prepare or something. And then you build on that. You, f- you find what you can do. And then you just try to improve a little bit mm-hmm. as time goes on. That's literally all you're doing. Um, yeah. All that's, you, that, that's a tough one. And then, it, and then the other thing is, it's just like, like we said, goes back to, you know, when we're younger, we have this growth mindset and it's almost normal. And then literally like when we hit 18, 19, 20 years old, it's like, once you're an adult, we stopped trying. We stopped trying. And it was, I was thinking about this the other day because I, I saw a thing on Pete Wentz, mm-hmm. the old Fallout Boy dude. He's like playing tennis now and he's real good. And I was thinking, 
or he looked good, yeah. r- relatively speaking. Like yeah, he, he was holding his own. I was like, man, that you know, that's a fun hobby. But you know me, people, and like kudos to him for picking it up now. My initial thing was I can't play tennis because I didn't start when I was young. So there's people who've been playing since they were eight. They they would be way better than me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to start. Yeah. When the reality is, yeah, I could go play tennis and I'm going to be bad at it at first. Yeah. But w- why? Like, why do we default to not doing anything? And that just stops us because completely of that. in our tracks. Yeah. And I and it's the same with changing your diet, starting working out, going mm-hmm. to the gym. Most people are like, oh, I'm not. It's too late. I'm going to be bad at it, so I'm not going to do it. But you want to, if you have a young kid in your life, child, you would never tell them that. Yeah, I would hope not. So why does that have to change with age? Yeah, and that's, you know, and it's fear of being bad at something. I'm sure people making fun of you or judging you or whatever you come up with. But just a little consistency, you know, goes a really long way. And a good example and I'm going to give her a lot of props is, is Whitney started baking and literally never was in a kitchen up until being in her thirties. Like didn't know how to cook when we got together and like started baking and were her cookies perfect. Absolutely not. They were good. But like, if you compare three years ago to now, like the evolution has been amazing because she just once a week, just bake Mm -hmm. something. And then you learn a little bit as you go and you accept that they're not going to be perfect and it's fine. And, like, it's been the coolest transformation because she just stuck with it, being okay with being bad at it at first. Yeah. So that it's, a, it's something that it's hard to notice when you're in it, but it makes a big difference to be consistent with something that you're bad at. Yeah. So, again, there is no I can't. No. You just got to do it. Just do it. Do it and be bad at it. And start where you're at and then progress from there. Just yeah. learn how to turn the oven on. That's it. But turn it off, too. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you just put together a random amount of flour, sugar, and butter. And just put it in Just there. stir it in. Put it in there till it smelled right. They'd be bad, but good. I mean, it, it's hard to have flour, sugar, and butter be bad. Uh, all right. I wonder who, who made the first cookies and what they're what they were aiming for. Yeah, what was your goal? Like, was it an accident, or did you know what you were getting into? Mm. I always wonder how, like, how do you come up with stuff like that? Because a lot of them are so different than, like, another thing. Like, who came up with a macaron? Like, what a weird, specific way to make macaron. stuff. Macaron. Macaron. Macaroon? Macaroon. There's two. One of them's a macaron. One of them's The a little, macaroon. like, pink cookies the with cream. With the little sandwich cookies. Yeah. I always forget which one's which. It's, like, the most tedious process. But it's, like, who figured out this, how to make this mm. look so perfect? I don't know. It blows my mind. Whoever it was, they didn't say I can't. That's all I'm saying. And then parlaying into that, next up, the lies we tell ourselves. I'm not as good as blank. All right, so the comparison game. That is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. That's one we see a lot of times people at the gym, you know, checking it out. That's their first thing is like. I'll never be like that. Uh, Everyone's going to be stronger than me yeah. or I know so-and-so and they can do this or that. And, or yeah, you look at, look again, look at your social media and you see what someone else is doing and no, you can't do that. The, the reality of any endeavor, there's always going to be somebody better. That's just it. Like, and it's fine. Like there's 7 billion people on the planet. 
Like there will always be somebody better than you at something. And it's okay for that to happen for whatever reason. Like you can't be perfect at everything. You can't be a superstar at everything. And when you realize that, like it kind of takes all the pressure off. Mm -hmm. I think that whatever, you know, someone's always going to be above me and that's fine. Yeah. It's like weightlifting. And you just remind yourself why you're doing anything. Yeah. You know, you don't, most of us aren't exercising and trying to work on our, our eating to be a, you know, CrossFit champion. Yeah, or to be or ranked at something. Yeah, it's not, a, to, it's not a competition, right? So you don't have to compare. You're not yeah, competing. You don't. The, the mindset, it's hard for some people to break out of not. We notice how everything nowadays and every hobby, anything we do, it's like you have to monetize it. You have to, it has to turn into competition. It has mm-hmm. to turn into, you know, how can I turn this into an income? How can I yeah, be the best at this and point, you know, and. And get the most followers. Wh- like, why can't we just do stuff? Do it. Like, I always do respect when somebody has like a dope hobby and that's all it is. <clears throat> like, it's just a hobby. They do it. And they enjoy it and it's their own special time with themselves or, um, you know, their Zen time. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. They don't compare themselves. They're not like better than the guy next to them. It's just, I go and do this because I really, really like it. Yeah. You know, things like keeping bees, you know, like, yeah. it's just really cool or, when people find that. I mean, think even 20 years ago, if you want to play video games, you're a game, you played video games for fun. And yeah. then you could also play video games and, you know, what, I'm going to go to the gym and be and work out and I feel good, mm-hmm. I'm, you know. And nowadays it's like, oh, I, like I don't have to pick one. Working out doesn't seem to come easy to me and I'm really good at games. You know what? I should, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to waste time with, with exercising because I'm going to be a gamer. Yeah. And then and I'm you gonna can't make just, money off yeah, of it. you can't just play video games. It's like you get this pull to maybe I, I need to like rise to the top mm-hmm. and then you end up a doing this one thing and then it becomes not fun. Yeah. And um, then it's just like you almost ruin a hobby by trying to monetize it. And it just, yeah. Like, and there's always someone better. So now you're like bashing yourself. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not great. You know, I didn't I'm just not this person slap on 20 pounds of muscle like this guy I saw on Instagram. Yeah. And I'm not as uh, witty and g- gaming skillful as this other person yeah. who has 400,000 YouTube followers while they play video games. So now I'm sad. Yeah, now <laughs> I, well, I might as well not even do anything. And, it, and it's just not a healthy way to, to go. And not to say, like, look, if that's what you want to do, cool, but it doesn't have to be what you do, and you don't need to compare yourself to other people. Yeah. Um, Yeah, social media has made hobbies really weird, I think, to where, like, now it's like people show off all of their hobbies, and it almost turns into more, like, doing the hobby for their social Mm -hmm. media rather than, you know, just doing the hobby because you enjoy it. And it's kind of, you know a little sad to see yeah. that that's how things have moved because you should be doing things that make you happy just straight up for that reason. Yeah. I mean, I'll even talk to people yeah, who aren't in the fitness industry. They bear, maybe don't work out or just don't know. And they'll start talking about stuff that just, oh, I heard, you know, you should do these like nuanced, in-depth, different set rep techniques. And they like know, kind of know this stuff because they hurt. You could tell they like went down a rabbit hole somewhere. Mm-hmm. But then and then they end up doing nothing because they're so paralyzed with or, you know, yeah, I saw this guy and he does it a certain way. And it's like, I mean, first of all, 
you're going to get 90% there just doing something, right? Just and this other something heavy. stuff may make a difference, but they're all we're literally worried about the minutia and completely skipping over the macro of mm-hmm. just do something. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, so don't try to, you know, fall down those rabbit holes and get overwhelmed with comparing yourself yeah. to others. Because here it takes the fun out of it. And the other thing, too, is that no matter how hard you try and how hard you, I guess, try to change the fact, like you are where you're at in this moment. Mm-hmm. No matter what you think or no matter how you feel about it, you can't change that fact in this very second. Okay, so when you think that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not better than this person. Well, you're where you're at and that's, that's it. You can't just magically be 10 steps ahead. So you have to acknowledge that and just start where you're at. Yeah. The other thing to acknowledge too is our genetics, which we can't control, play into a lot of stuff, yeah. right? And we didn't used to be able to see, we, we didn't always get to see like these elite at all the, whatever rabbit hole you want to go down, but now we can. Mm-hmm. So now we compare when the reality is you can't do that. You look at someone, I always thought it was the funniest thing ever, you know, with someone like Michael Phelps, you know, so like arguably one of the greatest swimmers ever, you know, wins all the gold medals and, you know, people talk about his work ethic and all this. And ha- do, you, do you know how many other swimmers work just as hard or harder than him? Mm-hmm. You know, and we've been doing it since they were five. And so why does he then win not only like be great and win an Olympic medal, but then win, you know, like 12 of them in one, you know, break all the records. Well, he also happened to have like webbed feet and, you know, and abnormally long torso and short limbs, which is good, for, you know, lends yeah. itself to swimming. He's literally built to swim in the water. Yeah. So he has all these genetic things that line up in his favor, right? And ultimately, None of us, no matter how hard we work. I we, will never get to his level. Yeah, we could, would never get. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't swim? No. Oh, say we enjoy swimming laps at the local YMCA. Swim it up, baby. Eh, I can't be as good as Michael Phelps. What's the point? Yeah. Right? And that's what happened. People will see these elite bodybuilders. Guess what? No one wants to hear this, but some people would just go lift this weight 10 times and you'll lift it 10 times. And because of someone's genetics, they're just going to build more muscle right? Mm -hmm. Or they're going to, the way their limbs and tendons and ligaments are, they're going to have better potential for max strength, right? For no other reason than just these genetic factors. So if you start comparing yourself, so then you take that person and they also then maybe do performance enhancing drugs and they were already Uh had, and then also hard work. Yeah, they're going to be the the elite. But again, not everyone's going to like align in their self to to be like that and the reality is we typically gravitate towards things we are naturally genetically predisposed yeah. to being things good we are good at good at right um you know you can think back in middle school right who was the kid that was probably like the naturally strongest naturally most muscular obviously at that point you, ain't, you really do nothing to be like that yeah he, he's probably like the best wrestler in the school mm-hmm. oh there's a real light thin small kid he's probably the best cross-country runner in this and then he if he went out for wrestling and got dominated yeah he's probably not he's less likely to keep doing it yeah and then he might be good at cross-country so he sticks with it yeah, right yeah we're always going to stick with things we're a little bit better at but what if he hated cross-country and had fun doing wrestling yeah but he's turned off because he, he's not the best at it and that's the sad thing is mm-hmm. um we that starts at a young age and then yeah it it carries through right when ultimately yeah like do do, do what you can you and then just progress with your where you're at mm-hmm. on that note i don't know if you saw um 
Someone posted it recently. It was Ronnie Coleman when he was a teenager. Yeah, I've seen it. Bro. Yeah, you could tell. You could. And this was before, you but know, obviously he before was, he was on steroids and he had more muscle. The than, dude was. Yeah. You would understand why he would end up being the bodybuilding champion of the world. Yeah, for however many years yeah. that he did. And he was, you know, probably one of the all-time greats. But, the, yeah, the guy's just stacked as a, a natural, I don't know, 18, 19-year-old. And you really wouldn't believe that he's natural, but he's been pretty open yeah. about all that. Anyways, the guy's just set up to be a bodybuilder. All right. Then the last one. You may think it's the same as the first one, but it's different. I don't have time. So, again, this is different from waiting for the perfect time, uh, which a lot of us are familiar with, whether it's mm-hmm. I'm going to wait till Monday, I'm going to wait till New Year's. The I'm New wait. Year, yeah. But I don't have time is more comes down to priorities. priorities. Um, you know, and we do have time because ultimately, like we said, yeah, you may not be able to work out six days a week, but you can work out twice, you know, two forty-five minutes a week, which can do wonders, which is way more effective than zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's 90 minutes out of our week. Only 90. So we'll even say drive time, you know, add in, you know, some drive time, you know, so you're looking at two hours out of your week, a little over two hours. Um, we got a lot of hours in the week. You, and and if you, here's the thing. If you just say, I don't have time, you're not going to have time. No, because you're not willing to make time. <laughs> it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you say I do, and then you dig in and look for it, you're, you'll find it. It's, it's funny, like, you know, like. Now, you may not like it, right? Yeah. And it may be like, oh, you got to go at 530 in the morning. That was going to be my next point. Like, there's people that make it work. And, you know, across all the years that we've done this, I've seen some wild schedules and people that show up to the gym. And I'm like, damn, like, I don't even know if I would have shown up in that situation. You yeah. have people that, you know, one of the most common ones is like nurses. They'll pull a 12 and then, you know, they're done at 7 a.m. And then they come straight to the gym after that. Yeah. Dude, how easy would it be to just go home after you just did, you know, one of the toughest jobs there is to do sometimes and just come to the gym and work out because you're making time for it. Yeah. And that's after a 12 hour sh- shift when most, most of us work, you know, eight hours in a day. So, you know, it, we can make time. It's not always the most fun to do um, because, yeah, after a shift like that, going home and laying down and watching TV and eating or whatever you do yeah. sounds way better than going to the gym. But there's still time in that day to make it happen. Yeah. And people do it. And my wife, she's a teacher. You know, we're up at five. She likes to get ready. So, yeah, she's not going to go in the morning. And oftentimes, and then, yeah, long day. So she's gone. You know, school starts at seven. It's over at two. Then she sometimes coaches field hockey. And even after, you know, just because school's over at two, they still have teacher stuff to do. And, yeah, then sometimes she just wants to go straight home. So she oftentimes maybe will only work out once during the week and will then – train on saturday and sunday right where she doesn't have to feel rushed and can have more time and is that ideal you know it's no it's not the perfect plan but it's it's what's sustainable and she can get done right so you find the time um and again like you said then there's some people who even work 12 hour shifts seven days a week my brother has to do that you know Mm -hmm. um and but then it's like you said pack your clothes and maybe go right before or right after and and squeeze it in and Again, by mentally saying you don't have time, you're not even giving yourself a chance. Um, And there's always, and again, it's priorities. It's do you need to do all of the things that you're doing? Do you spend time mm -hmm. doing things that, you know, aren't productive? 
Um, and just it's balancing that. And we did, you know, a whole episode on it. What was it? A few episodes ago on priorities. Um, but you just have to really, you know, look at your day and figure out where you can can give if it is important to you. Yeah. We dove a little deeper on these things. Uh, episode number 114, there is no perfect time. Yep. So we talk about that perfect time mindset. We also then had, I know we did one. Was it more recent? Mm-hmm. Is your number episode number 117, is your exercise and healthy eating a priority? And we talk about that. So, yes, those are two common lies we yeah. tell ourselves. Just tell yourself the truth. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you see, when you kind of tie these together, the, the biggest overarching theme is that all or nothing, per- perfection. Yeah. And it's, I know it sounds corny, but we, didn't, we have the slogan at the gym, you know, progress over perfection, and kind of started using it years ago, you know, so it wasn't like a be from noticing, kind of noticing like people's mindset. And I, Will and I talk about it all the time off camera too, off air. More and more we see that's that's the um, roadblock and obstacle that yeah. people are up against is actually people are getting more into, you know, all or nothing perfection mindset. So really drilling in with everyone, it does. Like it's okay. That's not going to work. It's okay yeah. to like just do some. And not all. Yeah, it's okay not to have a perfect time. It's okay not to be the best. It's mm-hmm. okay, you know, not to have a ton of time. Yeah. Right? So find what you can do. Do it. Yeah. And yeah. Think about all the pressure that puts on somebody too. Like that all or nothing mindset of like, I got to make it six days this whole week. Well, what if you don't make it six? Now you're stressed. Now you're under the gun. And that just piles on top of your day. And that adds up a lot and doesn't do us any favors mm-hmm. when we're constantly stressed about doing all of these things perfectly. Whereas, well, you know what? I can manage two good days a week. You set your expe- expectation at dad, just work out twice. Bam, you ended up getting a third day just because, well, I can, I can manage mm-hmm. it and everything's fine. And then you're having a good week. Or, or here's the thing. You end up finding these other benefits that you weren't expecting. Because most people go into this stuff thinking, well, I dread this. I'm going to hate it. And yeah. that's that's that. And this is awful. Like it's punishment. But then all of a sudden, you're consistently exercising a couple days a week, you know, eating better all around. Well, now you're sleeping better. You have more a better mood. And you're like, I want more of this. Yeah. But, and all of a sudden now, a lot of time clears up, right? But it becomes a higher priority because you have easier to make time. Yeah. You have these positives that you correlate with it. And that's, that's what we talk about with what we've seen with say, if someone's like, I can only get 50%. So I'm just going to hold off and does nothing when really if people just stick with it, they start to get a little progress that becomes encouraging. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open to all of a sudden it, it becomes a higher priority. There's more time for it. Mm-hmm. The, even though it was the same time as theirs before, it's just your mindset changes. Yes. And, and it becomes something more you want to do versus you have to do. And then that's where you get the snowball ep- effortless effect. Like we talked about with Diego a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, you start making that progress, it snowballs, and it all just becomes more effortless. Yep. Somewhere after. Then you, then you don't have to lie to yourself. Yeah. Don't do all or nothing. Just do something. All right. I think we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it there.
Progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. That's our. We we did it first. Yep. Before anybody else. Before someone steals our idea, I want to get the. That neon sign, man. Progress over perfection. Yeah. We need to do it. Like a neon green. Mm-hmm. That Self, Selfie wall. Neon green and white. All right. Well, let that soak in. Let yep. it sink in. If you need to at us, it's at Gary Deagle. At Grill Shive. Mm. Grill Shive. Grill. Grill Master. All right. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.